Welcome to Respiratory HQ's Journey to Success podcast, the podcast specifically for RT students because you all are the future of the respiratory therapy profession, and not everything you need for success can be found in your textbooks. I'm Tanya Peel. I'm so excited to be here to give you a little guidance and insight, a few tips, maybe a few tricks to help you be successful on your journey through respiratory therapy school. Let's get started. Hey everyone, it is good to be here with you again today. It's been just a minute since I've done a podcast, and I had said at the first of the year that I was really only going to report podcasts anymore as as I was moved to do it, and something has been bothering me for the last couple of weeks, and I need to get it off my chest, and we need to talk about how it influences you in your education through respiratory therapy school. And it has to do with social media, all right? So let's just back up and give you a few statistics that may kind of be an eye-opener. It was for me when I did my research. And by the way, I'm just going to tell you my research consisted of me Googling this. So it is it is not vetted statistics, okay? It's just something to give you... T- something to think about. So I just Googled, um, how much time do we spend on social media? And so I found a finance site that it said that the average person uses social media two hours and 41 minutes of their day. Now, this is not internet usage. This is social media usage. This is TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, those type of sites, okay? So two hours and 41 minutes. And so I think to myself, huh, well, that's interesting. And it broke, started breaking it down by generations, which was also really interesting to me. So the baby boomer generation, which is at the age group of 59 to 77, uh, supposedly they spend 1.6 hours on social media a day. Now, my husband is a baby boomer, and I can tell you, He spends more than an hour and a half a day on his classic truck sites on Facebook. So I'm really skeptical about these numbers. Um, I'm a Gen Xer. Um, Gen Xers are 43 to 58. And the website says that, you know, a Gen Xer spends on average about two and a half hours a day on social media. So I thought, Oh, surely I don't. So I went to my phone to see, you know, because the iPhone has screen time. Well, screen time's not turned on on my iPhone. So today I turned it on. I'm going to monitor to see how much time I actually spend on social media. Um, Anyway, going on with the generations, millennials who are 27 to 42, 3.8 hours a day on social media. The younger generations obviously are spending more time. We all spend a lot of time on social media, but the younger we are, the more time we're spending on it. But here's really what captured my attention is that this article said that that average person that spends two hours and 41 minutes on social media a day, when you extrapolate it to their lifetime, that's six years and eight months. And isn't that shocking? I don't know if that's true, but to think that I am wasting six years of my life on social media, that is, it's mind-boggling. It's absolutely ridiculous. But the fact of the matter is, we do. We spend a lot of time on social media. So I want to drill this down to you and your respiratory therapy education because 
you're spending time on social media, um, in certain respiratory therapy groups, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, you're watching certain content on TikTok. Everybody does it. I do it. So um, I really want to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of social media as far as your education is concerned. Let's talk about the good of social media. Okay. There are some smart therapists out there that are a member that are members of the social media groups. Um, just this morning, uh, somebody had asked a question if uh, somebody could explain APRV to them very simplistically. And I was just kind of scrolling through the, the answers and there was a fantastic, simplistic explanation that was given. As a matter of fact, when I was reading it, I was thinking to myself, man, I couldn't have done a better job myself. And then as I kind of continued to scroll down the rest of the comments, there were other people that were interjecting their ideas. And, and some of them really, the what they were answering was incomplete. Some of it was wrong. And so I got to thinking to myself, okay, there's a lot of good out there. You'll get some people that really know what they're talking about and it can explain some things. But the bad thing is, is sometimes people are wrong. Okay, so I thought to myself, I'm going to just do a little experiment. So I set a timer on my phone for five minutes and I went through three different respiratory groups and you can you can search the content by topic. And so I just pulled up a PRV and I just in five minutes, I was just scrolling through three different sites looking at how people explained a PRV. And in that five minutes time, I saw Three examples that were absolutely 100% correct, concise, easy to understand, but I saw eight that were wrong. That if you're a person and you're taking specialty credentialing exams like the ACCS exam, which APRV is on that exam, if you answered any of those questions based off of what was given in this social media group, you would be wrong, okay? If you're practicing clinically at bedside and you're practicing like that, it's wrong. And some of it was flat out unsafe for the patients. Okay, so just that five-minute search, I found three really good answers and eight really bad ones. Okay, so that's the bad thing about social media. There's a lot of incorrect content. So as a student, if you're going to ask a question on social media, you are going to have to be careful. And I'm assuming if you're asking the question, it's because you don't know. And if you don't know, how do you know if the people giving you an answer are correct? Do you see how dangerous that can be, not only for your own personal education in the classroom, it could also be dangerous for your patients if you're taking that information and practicing at bedside, okay? So just this morning, an example of the good and the bad. All right, let me tell you a little bit of the ugly. So when I started this podcast, I was saying this had been bothering me for a couple of weeks now, is there are people that charge you money for course content, you know, whether it's mini courses, whether it is a, a 
TMC review, a CSS re- or CSE review, a comprehensive review so you can gain your credentials. So I follow a lot of different people, uh, people that produce content. I never look at their content because I don't want to accidentally mimic what they're teaching. But I follow them just because every once in a while somebody will put out a bit of research that maybe I didn't know about or say something kind of insightful. So, you know, I just kind of I scroll through it and I monitor it, but I really don't pay a lot of attention to it. But somebody posted a couple of weeks ago, a little over a week now, and it was it was a TikTok thing that came through. And I normally don't pay any attention, but as I was scrolling, I caught two words on this example test question. And in my mind, I thought, oh, that that sounds really familiar. So I went back to that post and I screenshotted it so it quit moving and I could read it. And as I'm reading this question, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is the question from Gary Persings, you know, the Persing review that he's been doing this for 40 some odd year. That's one of his questions in his review workshops. You know how I know? I work for the man. And so I pulled out my files of test questions. I flipped through it. And sure enough, this question that I found on social media from somebody that is selling TMC and CSC reviews has used the question from Gary Persing's review, it's actually test number five, question one, verbatim. Okay, this is the ugly thing about social media. Are there people that are out there that can't even produce their own content? They're actually stealing other people's content. And if you're going to pay somebody to help educate you, wouldn't you want to pay somebody that is at least smart enough to produce their own content, to know what the TMC and the CSE content looks like that, I don't know, maybe has even recredentialed a couple of times in their educational career. All right, that's the ugly side of that. And that's kind of what burns me up. So what I want to talk about is how you as a student, or if you are a new therapist and you're working on gaining your credentials, credentials, how you can vet your educational sources. And I'm going to tell you how right now, okay? So here's the steps you want to take to make sure, especially if you're going to spend money on something, that you know you have a quality educator. Step number one, use your social media platforms Absolutely. So can you, whatever social media you use, for example, Respiratory HQ, I use Facebook and Instagram. So you should be able to, if you, if, if you use one of those flat platforms, type in the search Respiratory HQ, you should be able to find me very, very easily, you know. So use your social media. See if you can find that person. That person on their social media platforms you should probably be able to very easily find out who they are and a little bit of their background. It would be nice that you could put a face to their name, okay? There's a lot of people out there that I know you're following that are very, very familiar. You see a face oftentimes on social media teaching, okay? So you should be able to really easily put a face with the name. You can also read about them, 
Okay, you can read a little bit from their Instagram account, from their Facebook account to start knowing if they're legit. Okay, so if you can't find that on social media, my next thing I'm going to do is if on their social media account they have a website, go to their website. On their website, can you put a face to their name? You ought to be able to. If they're selling you something on a website, you should be able to see who they are and they should tell you a little bit of something about themselves. There should be contact info. Their contact info, you should have um, at least an email to get in touch with them, okay? Um, if not an email, some uh, some other form of communication. They're, they should have contact information. All right, so if you use a website, I mean... Anybody can put anything on their website, right? Okay, you don't have to take that for the gospel. I mean, do a little research. The next thing you do, go to LinkedIn, okay? That's a professional networking site. So if you go to my website, Respiratory HQ, there is a whole page about me so you can see who I am and my, my educational background. And if you don't believe that, go to LinkedIn, Okay, look at me on LinkedIn. My resume's there. Look at the other contacts I have. You know, they are contacts in respiratory therapy and respiratory therapy education. Um, Also on LinkedIn, um, you can see if they're a former educator. All right, nobody's going to understand MBRC content like a current or former educator. All right, so that's one of the ways, you know, and I'm not saying just an educator is going to be able to give you that content. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just showing you how to vet your resources. Um, But if they are an educator, you should probably be able to tell where they teach at fairly easily. Did you know you can go to uh, the COARC website? So the COARC is uh, the organization that accredits respiratory therapy programs. Okay, and this is, this is public knowledge. I'll actually put it in the links of this, uh, uh, in this podcast in the notes. I'll put a link to it. So you can get the outcomes data on every accredited program in the United States. So for example, um, you can find me it's very easily to find the community college I teach with. Then you can go to the COARC website and you can download a spreadsheet with outcomes. Just search for the, um, the community college I teach from and you can see my program outcomes. You can see the percent pass rate in my program. You can see the retention in my program. You can see the student surveys in the, my program. And all of that can be done in less than five minutes, you can vet me out, okay? So you need to be making sure, if you're going to learn from somebody online, that it's somebody that's reputable. I do research on people myself. Um, A couple of weeks ago, I was doing individual advising session with my students just to touch base with them. And one of my students said that um, she had reached out to an online instructor, all right? And this makes me very nervous because there's some really good um, tutors out there and some, well, some not so good tutors out there. So I start asking my students some questions. She has a right 
to to go to external resources and spend her money the however she chooses but I don't want her to compromise her education and my student was very open to me about who she was using um and and so we had this really good conversation about if she ever got conflicting information from that tutor to please feel free to come to me I will double check myself, you know, I, I could be wrong, you know, so just to keep an open communication. Well, she also told me who this tutor was. And so this tutor is on the same social media sites. I knew who she was because I've seen her answer some students' questions. I've seen her correct uh, false data and she's done it in a manner that I agree with her. By the way, her name is Erin Sterling Cox for those of you that are listening and you're wanting to and her her website is myvrest.com. All right. So I started there. I went into her social media accounts and I looked to see who she was. I saw that she had a website. I went to her website. I immediately could see her picture and read about her and her educational background. I then went to LinkedIn and viewed her LinkedIn page and what she had been doing. And then I just, you know, I like to do my due diligence, especially when it's my student's education that I'm worried about. So I contacted her. I emailed her. And she got back with me within a few hours. And we had a Zoom session set up for the following Monday. This was on a weekend. It was it was Saturday that I reached out to her. And we had a Zoom session that following Monday. And during that Zoom session, we talked about respiratory therapy education. And we talked about, about our beliefs in education and what her process was in, in tutoring. Okay. And, and so do you see, even I vet people out, I don't take people at their word. I'm going to make sure before I, I suggest somebody to my students that they are reputable educators. And that's all I'm doing is I'm, I'm just wanting you guys to be very, very smart and very cautious about you tapping into social media to, to enhance your education. Okay. Just be smart. Worst case scenario, reach out to that person. You know, I, I sell a, a clinical simulation, um, success course, I try to email everybody when they buy it. I'm a little behind on that, actually, now that I've said that. But they can email me and ask for clarification questions. I that Your person that you're reaching out for information, especially if you're spending money, should be readily accessible to you, okay? So just think about that. Just be very, very cautious with your education. If you ever have any questions, message me on social media or use my email. I'm here to help you be as successful as you can be. So as you're working on this next semester, whether it's your first semester in RT school, whether it is your last semester or you see graduation on the horizon, I wish you the best of luck. Study hard and do good. See you soon.